Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding means it don't work here, it works here. You've got to believe it. And so you have to believe it for it to be real. Knowing about it doesn't work. You got to come and ask. Knowing doesn't make you saved. You still need to come before God and ask Him for it because coming to God and asking for it shows regard that it comes from Him and it does not come from you. John 14, 14 says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Isn't that good? Now, remember, the daughters did not ask for a possession in their own name, did they? They didn't ask by their own name. They didn't say, well, my name's Noah, and my name's this, and my name's that, and we want a possession. They didn't ask in their own name. They asked according to their father's name. They came and said, because of our father. They asked by their father's name. Likewise, if you ask in your own name, that's what today's prosperity preaching is doing. It's teaching people, name it, claim it, you can have whatever you want. And guys, I'm telling you, when the Antichrist comes and he goes and sits on that throne in Israel, and people are going to believe he's God, and how in the world could anybody think this Antichrist could be God? You know why they're going to believe it? Because he's going to give them everything they want economically, financially. He's going to make them rich. He's going to line their pockets. Prosperity preaching is conditioning people to accept the Antichrist. Don't fall for it. When he gets here, he's going to say, I'm God. Well, he must be God. Why? Well, look at all the stuff I got. Beware of that. Jesus didn't say, if you ask anything in your own name, he says, if you ask in my name, big difference. The women didn't ask on their own name. They said because of their father. The law now says that because the father had no sons, it passed to them. It wasn't based on the women. It was based on their father. And so if you follow prosperity preaching and you ask for things for selfish reasons, Jesus will not honor that asking. He will not give it to you. He said you have to ask anything in his name. You have to ask in a way that honors him. You mean, it means you've got to ask for things that you plan on using to sow back into the kingdom. If you need a car, Lord, I need a car. Well, why do you need a car? So I can go take the gospel to people. Well, Lord, I need a house so I can have a place to live, so I can serve the community in this area with the gospel. If, if I want a giant, huge, macho, grande mansion with a, with a, a boat and 10 cars and all that, well, that's not, that's not in his name, that's in your name. He said, if you ask in my name, big, big difference. And so they had to ask in a way that honored their father. You got to ask in a way that honors and glorifies your father, not you. That's the way Jesus will answer. And the daughters knew that as women, they had no entitlement whatsoever. 
Back in that day, women were second-class citizens. Women were looked down upon. Men were divorcing the women left and right for any old reason they wanted to come up with. They knew they had no entitlement in that society at all. But because of the father, an inheritance was passed to them. Friends, we have no entitlement at all on our own to make any claim for eternal life. You on your own by yourself, you have no entitlement to ask for any inheritance at all. But because of your father, and if you ask in a way that glorifies him, now you got something. Now you have something. We have no entitlement, but God caused eternal life to pass to us through the crucifixion of his only begotten son. But salvation is not automatic. How many people have you heard? Somebody dies. It was an ungodly person that was demonstrating a life of sin. And they go to the funeral and they say, well, at least they're in a better place now. Oh, that drives me insane when I hear that because they don't regard the gospel. How do you know? You're assuming they just went straight to heaven. There is a gospel to follow. There's repentance of sin needs to be done. And most people don't make it. Matthew 7, Jesus said, many, not few, many are going to appear. Oh, Lord, hey, here we are. Depart, I never knew you. We're keeping it biblical around here. I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing. And so Jesus said, ask in his name. But if you ask, he said, he said, if you ask. I notice little words like that. If you ask, he's understanding there's a good possibility many will not. That's the if part. If you ask, meaning there's many who won't. The daughters asked. They asked. And they asked by their father's name. And you too can ask for your inheritance in heaven in the Lord's name. In the Lord's name. Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and ask for his free gift of eternal life, and he'll do it because that glorifies God. Now, what driving force was behind these daughters that drove them to such confidence? Okay, remember, they're in a society that looks down on women. You have no claim to nothing. You're women. Get back in the kitchen, raise kids. That's kind of the attitude they had. You have no entitlement. What made them think? that they even had the right to approach Joshua in the first place at all. It's because they knew their inheritance had already been established. It was already established through Moses. Friend, I want you to know that the reason you even have the right to ask for salvation in the first place is because it has already been established through Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Before time began. It was established that far back. Your eternal life, the plan of salvation to buy you back, was established before the earth was even made. God was already thinking of you in that. What right do you have to go and ask the Lord Jesus, someone who sinned, someone who blew it, and lost all righteousness of their own? What right have we got at all to go ask God for something as big as salvation? 
It was established through Jesus way back a long time ago, a long time ago. And once you understand this, then it will give you boldness like these daughters had to come and ask. They, they know that they're permitted to approach, and you should know that you are permitted to approach and ask the one who has the power to give it to you. They came with boldness because it had already been established through Moses. They came to Joshua, the one who had the power to give it to them. I know that my salvation has been established a long time ago through Jesus. So that gives me the boldness. I can come before God, the one who's got the power to give it to me and ask him for it. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us therefore come boldly. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm asking for eternal life. Come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You can come boldly. I know people, that they know their sin, they're aware of it, and it's given them that godly sorrow, but they, they feel themselves so bad that they won't ask. Well, no, God won't save somebody like me. I've done so bad. Well, you don't know what I've done. And I always tell them, hey, you don't know what I've done either. You can come boldly if you understand how it was established. Now, apart from pre-establishing through Moses, the daughters had no right to claim a thing, nothing. We have no right to claim anything either. But through Jesus, we can. Do we not serve a good God? God is good, is he not? I just want to take a moment to reflect real quick. I mean, you realize where we would be if God did not offer us this? We'd be in hell right now. We'd be done, cooked. We have no right to claim anything, but through Jesus we can. And you should not feel wrong for asking. You shouldn't feel wrong for it because salvation is a gift that God offers you. Remember, in Numbers 27, verse 7, God said, because the daughters asked, God said the daughters of Zelophehad speak what is right. He said the daughters speak what is right. You shall surely give them a possession of inheritance. Uh, so, so know that if you are sorry for your sin, and I'll, I'll say you can't be saved if you're not. If you're not really sorry for your sin, you're still prideful and there's still trouble. You got to be sorry for your sin. But if you are, and if you will ask in godly sorrow, if you will ask in Jesus' name, then you will be speaking what is right. Like the women ask for what is right. If you ask like that with, with a driven boldness, but you know you have no entitlement, Lord, please give me your grace of salvation. That's speaking what is right. And you will be given an inheritance. Now, the inheritance for the daughters, as we said, was established in public with Moses. This means there were a lot of witnesses that watched it. It was out in front of all the congregation. Everybody uh, could see it. There was a lot of witnesses who saw it go down. Why? So that they could later attest to what happened. Yeah, we were there. We saw that. Yeah, I was there. Us, me and all these guys, we saw it. We were there. We witnessed it. And so our inheritance was also established very publicly, publicly at Jesus' crucifixion. Matthew 27, 39. It's in public. Those and those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking 
with the scribes and elders said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now, and he will save him. For he said, I am the son of God. They're making fun of him. This is a public crucifixion. You know those pictures you see of Jesus uh, in verse 44? Even the robbers who were crucified with him reveled him it reviled him with the same thing. The pictures you see of Jesus on the cross, and he's got that little towel right there. That's not how it went, guys. He was stripped. It was, it was, uh, he took our shame. It was public. It was as humiliating as it could possibly be. And it was a very public thing. But it was established publicly so that a lot of people could see it. And a lot of those people came to be witnesses to that account. If you see where it says, even the robbers, how many robbers were there? Two on either side of them. It says the robbers even also jumped on him too. Well, you know that one of them eventually said, Lord, remember me when you enter the kingdom. Apparently, one of the robbers was mocking him up front, but then started having a little change of heart and got saved on that cross. Because he saw what was going on with Jesus, the Lord got through to him during his own crucifixion with Christ. And before he died, he ended up coming to belief. And Jesus said, you'll be with me this day in paradise. So this guy had somebody that was mocking him in public also became someone who could attest to what happened. So good. The daughters established their inheritance publicly so that witnesses could be there to attest to it and validate their claim later. Because now they're here with Joshua saying, we have this inheritance. Well, we got a bunch of witnesses. Yeah, and Joshua goes, I think I remember that. Let me see. Moses wrote it down here somewhere. There it is. Okay. There's a lot of witness saying, yes, you get to do it. You have a lot of witness saying, yes, you get to make this claim. Also, our inheritance was established publicly so that it could be witnessed by many who could validate it. And many did validate it. And I want to show you in Acts 2.32. This Jesus God is raised up of which we are all witnesses. We saw it. It did happen. We saw the whole thing go down. Nobody can argue with that. There's proof now. And Paul also wrote about witnesses in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the 12. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once. That would have been cool. At once, of whom the greater past, of whom the greater part remained to the present. But some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also. So there's witnesses to this. You can't argue that Jesus didn't raise from the dead. There's proof that he did. Friends, your right to ask for your inheritance has been witnessed by hundreds of people. Hundreds both in the atoning work of Jesus at the cross, as well as those who saw him risen again. You have many, many witnesses. It was done publicly. And together they have spoken in agreement to prove, to validate your right to ask Jesus for salvation. And so lastly, the daughters asked for their inheritance through Moses and Eleazar the priest at the door of the tabernacle. Moses was a mediator between Israel and God. He spoke to God 
for Israel. He was the go-between. He was the mediator. And 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. It was done through your mediator. The daughters went to the, to the mediator. Our salvation was done through our mediator. And also they did it before Eleazar the high priest. He was also present when the daughters made this deal for inheritance. Jesus is our high priest. Hebrews 4.14, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. See, there's your high priest. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly. Oh, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And where did this agreement go down for the daughters to establish their inheritance? Where did this happen? Where did, they, where did this happen at? It happened at the entrance to the door of the tabernacle. You know, the tabernacle has only one way in. There's only one way. It's like a big round, uh, a big rectangle area. There's one door, and that doorway is purple. Purple is, is royalty. It's, it means royalty because only royal people, royal people could afford to buy it because it's so expensive. I want to show you how your inheritance was established at the door. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is that door, like where the daughters did that at the tabernacle. Jesus died publicly to establish your salvation. And it was done lawfully with witnesses. And he's the only way in. It was done before the high priest, as Jesus is the high priest. But if you choose to make your life into a public display of fighting against God for control. I was that guy for a long time, and trust me, you will lose. (laughs) And it won't be an easy loss. It'll be a hard loss. If your life is a display of fighting with God for control, like Korah, Datham, and Abiram, like they did with Moses, then brother, God will take you down. God is going to take you down and severe and eternal judgment. And so I say, friends, right now is a good time to get right with Jesus Christ. Do you think those men knew the ground was going to open at that moment? Had they known, they probably would have run. They didn't see it coming. And I'm telling you, if you're in a war with God for control, I'm going to do it my way. I've been doing it for 40 years, 50 years. Well, I want to ask you a question. If you've been doing it your way for that long, how come it hadn't worked yet? God has got control. You need to let go and stop fighting with him. Stop contending with him. Right now is a good time to get right with Jesus. John 3.18. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. In wrapping up, You know, you think about these daughters, they came and they had the right to ask because they remembered this was already established. It was established public. A lot of people saw it. It was at the way in. It was with the high priest. It was with the mediator. Your eternal life is established the same way. But you got to stop fighting with God about who's controlling what. Your life is not your own. You were bought at a price. You think I went and picked this body out? 
Yeah, I went to the body store one day and said, I'll take that one. (laughs) I didn't choose this thing. It was given to me. I didn't choose to be born the year I was born. You think I had any control over that? No, I was here. Just here I am. You made, you had no choice in that. You have no control guys. And to think that you have all the control is is a deceptive illusion that you just do not have. Don't fight with God for control. You're going to lose. And I'm not trying to beat you down and hurt you over that. I'm trying to lift you up. I'm trying to encourage you that if you will turn it over to Christ, but I don't feel like I can ask because I've messed up so much. Well, what do you think these daughters felt like? We have no place to ask. We're, we're not men. We're not supposed to get an entitlement, uh, anything past us. Well, you know what? God said you get an entitlement. And I know you've sinned, and I know you've messed up, and if you have godly sorrow, let's pray together. I can't pray it for you. You've got to pray this in your own heart. But if, if you want to be saved today, right now's the time to do it, because that carpet could get yanked out any time. And don't, let, don't wait until that goes down. Father, forgive me. I have sinned against you. I rivaled again. I rebelled, and I shook my fist in your face. I tried to have control. I tried to... I thought I knew better than you did, and I certainly didn't. Thank you, Lord God, for saving me. Thank you, Lord God, for not taking me down and giving me the time to realize my need to repent. Thank you, Father God, for being patient with me. Lord, there may be some in this room right now, they are fighting for control, and they think they have it, and they're finding out quick they don't. Lord, show them that right now is a good time to just go ahead and give it to you. You already established all these plans. You've already done all these things. You died on the cross. You had it all planned to get ready to go before time began. And Lord, I I saw the scripture and I know what it said before time began, but my mind, I can't comprehend it. How did you do this before time began? I don't know, but Lord, you said it. uh, So I'm going to trust it. Lord, I ask for anybody who knows that you died on the cross, and they think that means salvation, that, Lord, today you help them show how it needs to become a belief, not just head knowledge. Turn it from head knowledge to heart belief, because repentance will be in that. Lord, make us sorry for our sin. Forgive us. Lord, I have no control, because I lost control a long time ago. But you established my inheritance a long time ago, too. Forgive me, Father, and save me. I turn it all over to you. That means I am releasing control. Lord, when we praise, we hold our hands open, which means we're not trying to maintain control anymore. Lord, it's an international sign of surrender, putting hands in the air. I surrender. I give it all to you. And Lord, if you take everything I've got, so be it. But I have been given eternity with you. Thank you, Father, for these daughters who had the guts to go forward before everyone to approach Joshua to ask for their inheritance. Lord, I'm going to take their example and I'm going to come before you boldly before your throne. Lord, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask you, Lord Jesus, give me salvation and forgive me for trying to do things my own way. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.